0: Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B,
1: here's Sean Kelly. How goes it Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report? We hope this finds you well. We come to you from two different locations here on Monday. I am Sean Kelly, and with you from Sacramento, California, where the Pelicans will wrap up their long West Coast road trip tonight. And in Studio B in New Orleans is our own John DeShazer, fresh back from Carolina, following the Saints' loss to the Panthers yesterday, 17-13. to Wish we had better news for you. The Pelicans are 0-4 on the road trip, and the Saints lose uh, on the road yesterday, as we mentioned, by 4, and now at 10-5. and uh, I Have a very important game coming up against Tampa Bay this weekend with regards to the NFC postseason. So glad you're with us again today. Happy holidays to you and yours. It's a very festive week. And uh, we're certainly ready to be a part of it, uh, at least on the sports front, for the Pelicans and the Saints. J.D., welcome home. How are you, my friend?
2: It's always good to be home, man. Get out of the, uh, get out of Carolina and get back home. Not Nothing against Carolina, but, you know, it's always good to be home. Unfortunately, it's a little bit cold here now. What What's the temperature like out there, man?
1: Uh, mid-60s here in Sacramento. I won't rub it in or anything, okay, but uh, it's not too bad out oh, here in the yeah. uh, capital city of California. But speaking of home, I'm ready to be home. This is day nine of a 10-day trip for us, John.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I can't, you know, I miss being on the road with you, don't get me wrong, you know, I guess, you know, we kind of established a marriage of sorts, but I don't miss being out, you know, being out for 10 days, so, you know, I will yeah. say that much.
1: Yeah, no, it's been tough. The Pelicans have not won yet. Hopefully that changes tonight with the Kings, and I'll be interested to see how Tyreek Evans plays against his old team tonight, but uh, there have been encouraging signs. The last two games against two uh, of the elite teams in the Western Conference have not gone the way you wanted them to as far as wins and losses go, but... Uh, the team has played very well. It's good to have Davis back, uh, certainly, and I think Coach Williams was pretty pleased about his team's effort at Portland on Saturday night. We'll hear more from Coach Williams later on today during the Black and Blue Report. Also, Blazers uh, analyst and New Orleanian Antonio Harvey, our guest on the Black and Blue Report today. But, John, with you in studio, let's, let's start talking about the Saints yesterday, now 10-5 and five, after a heartbreaking loss in a sloppy mess over there at Carolina.
2: Yeah, um really a game that, you know, when they reflect on it, I mean, you know, they're more encouraged than the St. Louis loss obviously. They played better, but um but they're still pretty, you know, pretty ticked off because they feel like they gave one away and statistically if you look at it up and down all the way around, back with forwards, they dominated Carolina statistically and had a, an opportunity to win that game scored that late touchdown with a uh, with a classic drive. I mean, one of the best Drives you will ever see 11 plays, 97 yards, five minutes, 59 seconds to take the lead. Defensively, had 4th Carolina into four consecutive three and outs. And unfortunately, when they had to have it that last drive, Carolina goes, you know, 65 yards and, and about five plays and, 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 you know, about a half a minute, I think 32 seconds. And, you know, so that's, you know, obviously unacceptable. And that's, you know, why they really ticked off. You know, if you win that game 13 10, they come home, they're NFC South champs. They have the number two seed in the NFC locked up. And instead, you know, everything is still up in the air because they didn't win that ball game. And they did, you know, when they did control their destiny, did control their seed, you know, unfortunately for two consecutive weeks, they have not been able to cash in. So now all of a sudden it's, it's all or nothing against Tampa Bay for the season finale. Winning, you're in. Losing, you probably stay home.
1: Yeah, along those lines, Curtis Lofton yesterday postgame talked about that, uh, that feeling, that sinking feeling. About how the ballgame ended yesterday in Carolina.
3: You know, to play the way we did the entire game, and you know, to shut them down, and really feel like you know we dominated most of the game, and you know, when when the team needed its most, not to come off the field and come away with a victory, you know, that's that's most disappointing and uh, frustrating, and you know, it leaves you sick to your stomach.
1: Yeah, John. Along those lines, uh, let's let's go over some of these numbers here. Total offense, three hundred sixty-five yards to two hundred twenty-two. Total plays, eighty-one to forty-four. First downs 20 to 10. They even outrushed Carolina, and time of possession was lopsided in favor of New Orleans as well. Uh, this was uh, strange to say the least. Uh, Drew Brees talked yesterday about how there were just a certain number of big plays that changed the game in all.
4: If you just looked at it statistically, um, you know, we, we outgained them by almost two times uh, in total yards and rushing. Um, they were 0 for 9 on third down. Defense did a phenomenal job getting off the field. Um, you know, I'd say the, the the differences in the game were, you know, we get personal foul penalty that knocks us out of field goal range in the third quarter. You know, I take a sack that should have just getting rid of the ball to give us a chance at a field goal in the first quarter. Uh, and then the tur- two turnovers, you know, especially the one at the end of the second quarter that, uh, you know, resulted in a touchdown for them. You know, the very next play they were able to go and get a uh, touchdown. So. Those are, the, those are the kind of the defining plays in the game and then obviously the drive that they, they were able to put together there at the end. I mean credit to them. That was a, was a heck of a drive with no timeouts and um, so you got to give credit to them, but uh, also you know you, you, you look at the things that we talked about, made an emphasis of coming into this game. I felt like for the most part we did a lot of those things.
1: John, when you hear that from Drew Brees, uh, what plays come to mind as far as the turning points of that football game yesterday?
2: Well, I mean, you know, he he had two interceptions. The first one was, you know, particularly damaging. The one where Thomas Davis, the linebacker for Carolina, actually makes a a great athletic play, um, really sunk back in the coverage. And I don't think Drew Brees saw him whatsoever. He threw it kind of high, and Thomas Davis makes a nice acrobatic grab. And then on the next play, D'Angelo Williams runs 43 yards, almost untouched for a touchdown. That one was costly. And a huge play turns out to be the fake field goal attempt where Luke McCown drops back, throws the pass intended for Jimmy Graham, and I don't know who could have caught it. it was, you know it, it was nowhere in the neighborhood. And so and then Carolina catches in on a field goal. So those ten points for Carolina basically turn out to be, you know, the deciding factors in the game for them because they didn't get a whole lot going the entire day. 0 for 9 on third down, the Saints held Carolina. 0 for 9. And, I mean, I don't know how many times you see in life where a team does not convert on third down at all and is able to win a football game. And and so, you know, you go back to those those mistakes. And Drew Brees absorbed six sacks. You know, he, now he said a few of them were on him where he just held the ball too long. A couple of them, you know, rookie, defensive, rookie offensive tackle, uh, left tackle, Teron Armstead, didn't have a banner day. He settled down the second half because Carolina had five of those six sacks in the first half. And, you know, Greg Hardy, the guy who was over Teron Armstead, ended up with three of those sacks. But he did settle in in the second half. The Saints did run the football effectively the entire game, particularly Mark Ingram. And so, you know, the, it was a game they felt like they gave away. But a couple of big plays here and there, the Drew Brees interception that led to the touchdown, the fake field goal that, that went awry that they didn't, you know, didn't cash in on. And then you have that defensive the defensive lapse on, on the last drive of the game. And, and those are pretty much the, 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 the deciding factors in a tight game.
1: John, in a season where you could look back and say if you find a way against the Jets, if you don't fall down in St. Louis, there are a couple of others. You might not be talking about the, I guess, the impact of yesterday's loss to Carolina. But it seems like more so than the other losses and the ones on the road that I'm talking about, obviously, um, to Carolina yesterday, there wasn't that same feeling. Uh, after the ball game yesterday, with the way that the Saints were talking and everything else. I almost feel like, I don't say they're okay with the loss, but they're okay about where they stand right now with one week left in the regular season.
2: Well, I mean, I think Coach Payton said something along the lines of, you know, you, you don't like it, but it's they weren't discouraged. I mean, because basically they went on the road against a team that had won nine of its you know last ten games. I think Carolina might have been undefeated at home this year, or maybe they lost at home to Seattle. I'm not exactly sure, but either undefeated at home or one loss, one of the hottest teams in the league, one of the best defenses in the league, and the Saints outplayed them. You know from from end to end. I mean they really outplayed Carolina, and so you know you take that part of it. And, and he said basically, you know, Coach Sean Payton again said after the game, look. If we play that way, we're going to be okay, and I and I think he's right. The way the Saints played yesterday is a game that will travel. If you play that way, you can go to a, another venue and you can cash in because you know they they played nice Smash Mouth. Now you can't turn the football over, obviously, and you got to convert. Even you know either you got to convert on a fake field goal or you're not going to run it at all. But you know from the basic standpoint. The Saints outplayed Carolina, and so from that standpoint, they felt good. And I think that's where where you know where they were angry in that you know we outplayed them and we didn't cash in. Whereas in St. Louis, I mean, St. Louis, you know, basically you know kicked the Saints around. I mean, they 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 handled them physically, and Carolina was not able to do that. In fact, you know, the, the flip the, the flip occurred. The Saints outplayed Carolina every which way you can outplay them. So, you know, from that standpoint they had to feel pretty good about what they were able to see and what they were able to do because you feel like if you can replicate that in the in the necessary time, you know, maybe in the playoffs, you feel like you give yourself an opportunity to win.
1: That's senior writer John DeShazer of New Orleans Saints.com. The Saints fall yesterday to 10-5 and five on the season with a 17-13 loss at Carolina. John, stay with us one more segment. Uh, you mentioned Sean Payton. We'll play a little bit of his comments from post game yesterday when we come back. Back here on the Black and Blue Report on this Monday, the Saints lose to the Panthers yesterday, 17 to 13. We'll talk Pelicans basketball a bit later in the show. Here was head coach Sean Payton uh, talking about uh, how his team played yesterday uh, in the loss to Carolina.
6: Look, that was a difficult, uh, difficult loss. I congratulate Carolina for fighting back. I was real proud of our players today, though. I thought, I thought we played with great passion, great energy, and uh, you know did the things necessary. to to win a football game and we just came up short in the end I was pleased with with how we played especially the conditions during that that second half and and we just kind of hung in there kept fighting and uh you know we didn't get the win but we play like that we're going to get plenty of them so it's a tough loss but we'll bounce back and be fine
1: and John before I bring you back into the conversation one more time head coach Sean Payton talking about field position in yesterday's football game
6: you know losing late is always difficult but um just the way this game unfolded was field position. You know, we were kind of pinned back there for a while. They did a good job of uh, getting a couple punts down. And then, you know, we were able to hit Jimmy on a play, kind of get out of the uh, that area and ended up with a, with a score. So it was a field position game. Uh, shoot, defensively, we played lights out. Uh, we gave up the big drive at the end, but I'm not you know, it's disappointing, but not, it's not discouraging. I, I was proud.
1: All right, John, so where do we go from here? you got one game left in the regular season. This is a, a scenario that's going to play out across the league. There are so many playoff spots and seeding scenarios still out there uh, here in the final week of the regular season. The league office must love that, huh?
2: Well, exactly. I mean, but, you know, for the Saints, it's, it's do or die. I mean, it doesn't get any more basic than this, winning you're in. I mean, you can't depend on Carolina losing to Atlanta and hoping that you can – you know, win the NFC South title in the number two seed. You can't depend on, you know, Arizona losing its game and, and, and backing in that way or getting getting your playoff seed that way. The only thing the Saints can control is to play Tampa Bay here, you know, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, win the game and get in and then take your chances. I mean, uh, safety, you know, we had Malcolm Jenkins earlier on the conference call and basically he was saying, look, all you have to do now, all you want to do now, is get into the tournament. Once you get in the tournament, anything can happen. But you can't have anything happen unless you're in the tournament. So you got to win your season finale. You got to beat Tampa Bay. And even if even if Arizona were to lose, and even if Carolina were to lose, you still want to win that game because you know you want to have a better taste in your mouth going into the postseason than the Saints have right now. They've lost two straight and lost three out of four. And you want to have a better feel about yourself, one way, e- either way. So, you know, but the only thing they can control is to beat Tampa Bay at home. They've been obviously a fantastic team at home this season, 7-0. and You want to stretch it to 8-0, and but, you know, that's the only thing they can control, so that's the only thing they really should concern themselves with.
1: You know, John, I didn't think about it when I saw the schedule come out for the Saints, and I guess it didn't hit me because I didn't know how, how important it would be as far as how the season played out. But look back now. You were able to open the season at home against Atlanta, you won the game and the momentum that was gained there in the first month of the season with that win and here now the importance of playing at home to end the regular season because of what's happened on the road what's at stake now the home opener and to end the regular season at home too just might be one of the very large factors in a successful saint season
2: oh yes absolutely i mean you know, you looked at the schedule and, and you felt like it, you know, obviously this, the schedule, you know, stacked a little bit differently and it got tougher as the season progressed. But more than that, you know, there was the the stream of games that were outside the Superdome, that were on the road. So, you know, you don't know how a team is going to play on the road. You know, and, and, you know, people you can talk all you want to about the Saints ending up 3-5 and five on the road this season. But, you know, not a lot of NFL teams have winning records on the road, even 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 winning teams. And so – you get into a situation where, you know, generally NFL teams will tell you, look, if we take care of business at home, we can split on the road and we'll be fine We'll get in the playoffs. Well, you know, the Saints have done better than take care of business at home, and they didn't do quite as well as split on the road, but they still have given themselves an opportunity to win 11 games and get in the playoffs. And so, you know, you're, you're in a perfect situation if you're the Saints. You're already undefeated at home. Everything's at stake. You're going to have your fans there. They're going to be rabid, and you have an opportunity to to win your way in the playoffs in front of your home crowd. And basically, Lance Moore said, look, if you can't get up for this game and you can't perform, then you don't deserve to be in the playoffs.
1: Good stuff, my friend. Merry Christmas to you, by the way.
2: You also. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Looking forward to uh, being back home here soon enough. I'll meet up with you later in the week. We'll uh, we'll uh, team up on Saints and Pelicans uh, down the stretch of this upcoming week. we got to get everybody back in the same spot, though, that's for sure. John DeShazer with us here on the Black and Blue Report. John will be with us real quick in segment three when we uh, uh, listen to his visit yesterday with Junior Gallette. Otherwise, we'll talk Pelicans before the show is over and hear from head coach Monty Williams and get you up to speed on what's happening with the basketball team heading into tonight's game with the Sacramento Kings. Again, the final yesterday in Carolina, the Panthers 17, Saints 13, Saints now 10-5 and five in a win-and-get-in scenario is uh, in front of them as they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this coming Sunday. Again, that kickoff has been moved to 325 Central Time. Don't you go anywhere. More football to come here on the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion, because we know we can save you some money.
2: Basketball fans of all ages, NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans and tips off with four days of wall-to-wall basketball action. February 13th through 16th, NBA All-Star Jam Session transforms the New Orleans Ernest M. Moriel Convention Center into 40 interactive activities, providing fans an authentic NBA experience where they can test their skills, score free autographs from NBA stars, and pick up the hottest NBA All-Star merchandise. Jam Session is your family's ticket to everything NBA All-Star. Tickets start at $10. Buy yours today at
1: nbaevents.com. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our conversation continues about the Saints and the Carolina Panthers from yesterday in Carolina. The final again, Charlotte uh, 17, New Orleans 13 in that game to decide the NFC South. More on that in a second. Before I let John DeShazer get out of here today, I want to play his interview postgame yesterday with Junior Gallette, the uh, Saints defensive lineman.
2: It seemed like you had control of it for the majority of the game. It slips away at the end. Is it more or less disappointing? I mean, Coach Payton seemed pretty encouraged.
7: It's disappointing, but we're not discouraged. You know, we know what we're capable of. Everybody saying we can't play on the road. I mean, I think we came in here in terrible conditions, and, you know, we played our tails off. Um, obviously, it's unfortunate that we didn't come up with that last play. It came down to us, and um, we just got to do better in that situation. Like. We played a, a great all-game defensively, offensively. They, they, you know, gave us another shot to stop them. We
2: just got to finish. You guys seem to have a pretty effective uh, game plan against Cam Newton again for the second time in three weeks. Was it, you know, built around the same game plan, or did you guys switch up a whole lot?
7: No, we didn't really. We just added a few more things. I mean, obviously, Akeem's playing great. You know what I'm saying? Cam, uh, Jordan's playing terrific. And we're just learning how to play with each other, you know, just better each week. And... Uh, we just got to keep getting better. That's all we were focused about. We got to go into Tampa and just win that game. That's all we could control.
2: Now, the opportunity, I guess, to, to win the division championship and to lock up the number two seed, is that something that you guys kind of you know, have, have tossed by the wayside now and just, you know, let's, let's just win? It
7: would be great, you know, to have that. Don't get it, you know, don't get it twisted. It would definitely be great, but it is what it is right now. We got to win Tampa and worry about what we could control. We win Tampa, they lose at Atlanta, you know, but we don't control that. You know the only thing we can control is winning at uh Tampa coming uh, to our house. We haven't lost all year. We got to, you know, shut it down and play lights not just to get in the postseason. That's it. That's all we're worried about. You know, uh, Lord willing that they do lose at Atlanta, it's great.
1: All right. Our thanks to John DeShazer today for his work. And speaking of the NFC South, one of the goals for the Saints this season, uh, not met yesterday with the loss to the Carolina Panthers. Malcolm Jenkins talks about that one going by the wayside.
0: I think it's, I
7: think it's very disappointing, um, especially because of the preparation we put in this week. Um, we really probably had uh, one of our, the best practices, week of practices that we've had the whole year. And I'm talking about from Wednesday all the way through. And um, to prepare that hard and to come and play as hard as we did uh, and to lose is, is a little disappointing.
1: So here's how it stands, and it's somewhat simple, I guess. Uh, simply, if the Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend at home at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, uh, they are in the NFC playoff picture. They can still also earn the number 2 seed and a first-round bye if they win and Carolina falls to Atlanta next week. So we have plenty to keep our eye on. There's so many teams out there uh, that uh, still have their seating up in the air, let alone a playoff spot. So for the first time in what seems like a long time, there's a tremendous amount on the line across the NFL – This weekend, Stay tuned for that. But the Saints certainly have to take care of their own business at home on Sunday afternoon. That game's been moved now to 325 Central. Originally a noon kickoff, now 325 Central against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. We'll turn our attention to basketball and talk Pelicans and this long road trip out here in the West when we come back.
5: Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures, such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is,
8: I just saw your test results, and they look
0: great. No problems.
5: Leading-edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call one 866 That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. auctioner health care with peace of mind.
0: It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Let's turn our attention to the Pelicans. Today is day nine of a 10-day road trip for the Pelicans that will wrap up uh, tomorrow after practice in Sacramento. But the final road game of the uh, trip is tonight at Sacramento when the uh, Pelicans take on the Sacramento Kings and hoping for one victory out of these five on the road out west. It's been a very interesting road trip uh, that has seen players uh, come and go, to say the least, with regard to injuries and the addition of Alexi, Ajunsa, who uh, played for the Pelicans in their loss to Portland on Saturday night. And that's where uh, our last action was against the Trailblazers, who now find themselves at 23-5 and after beating the Pelicans on Saturday night, 110-107. to And up against one of the elite teams in the West, I thought the Pelicans fared very well. Although they would have loved to have gotten a win, it would have been their first of the road trip. The uh, Pelicans did give up two 31-point quarters. That did hurt the uh, Blazers, led by 13 at one point, but the Pelicans outscored the Trail Blazers 29-27 in the fourth and gave themselves a chance to at least send the game to overtime but uh, could not get it done on the final possession of the ball game and as a result fell to 11-14 and 14 overall. Jensen, in his uh, Pelicans debut, by the way, had four points, 11 rebounds, and a block shot off the bench. Monty Williams went nine deep uh, in the game on Saturday night, and uh, the starters were led by Anthony Davis's 21 points. Tyreek Evans also had 21 points in the ball game. Davis uh, almost had another double-double, nine rebounds in the action, and Drew Holiday fared very well as he uh, recorded 13 points and seven assists in the loss to the Trailblazers. So now the Kings tonight, that'll be a 9 o'clock central tip-off uh, against the Kings and uh, hopefully to get a win before they come back home to face Denver on Thursday night. Before we talk about that game uh, or the game tonight rather let's go back to Saturday night. Here was my visit with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams following the Pelicans loss at Portland. Do you feel like your team fought hard enough to win tonight coach? I do I
3: do feel like we fought hard enough to win. Uh, There's a lot of things I'd I'd like to say that um, wouldn't be appropriate uh, because I thought our guys battled and some things just didn't go our way tonight but Like I told them, I I got uh, nothing bad to say about that game because of the way we competed. Uh, We just gave up a bad run in the second to the third quarter. I think it was like 33 to 10, and uh, we were up 13, maybe something like that. And we never uh, recovered from that. When you got a team like that down, uh, you got to keep them down, and we just. Made a few mistakes tonight, but that's part of the game. I thought we had our chances. Tyreek had a shot, and it just rolled in and out. Uh, even at the end, Ryan got a look for a three. We had our shot. Uh, they, they just did more than we could tonight.
1: Coach, after shooting poorly the last three to get the ball to go even early tonight, was that encouraging?
3: Yeah, I thought we had a, a bit of a rhythm. Obviously, when you're shooting the ball like that, you certainly can't afford to have the mishaps on defense on the road and we we had a couple of them tonight Uh, Nicholas only had one three but the one three you got we go underneath just can't do that and um, Lamarcus didn't really go off like he's been going off we kept him under wraps Lillard had 29 he just those shots he hit at the end were uh, daggers but I thought Matthews in the third quarter you know he went on a bit of a run and that that hurt us and that was part of that stretch I talked about
1: that's Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, who was somewhat upbeat after the loss of the Portland Trailblazers. Loved the fight of his team, as you heard. Uh, but then again, uh, another loss that doesn't help on this road trip. Now 0-4 on the trip. That sets up tonight, Pelicans and Kings at Sleep Train Arena. 9 o'clock Central is the tip-off. Full coverage on the Pelicans radio network. Television coverage on NBA TV only. So we certainly invite you to watch on television, but gain your audio, if you don't mind, from the Pelicans radio network. Speaking of uh, basketball, we'll uh, talk more basketball with Antonio Harvey in just a moment when we come back on the Black and Blue Report. A New Orleans native, now a Portland Trailblazer analyst, is our guest.
5: Are you ready for health reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash
4: reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company.
5: Make the holiday season extra special for your favorite sports fan by giving the gift of Pelicans basketball. The Pelicans holiday plan presented by Austin Steakhouse is the perfect stocking stuffer. With packages starting as low as $45, you can choose any five games, including the Heat, Thunder, and Clippers. Plus, with every holiday plan purchase, you'll receive a free $25 Austin Steakhouse gift card. Call 525 HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your holiday plan today.
0: Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It was a pleasure on Saturday night to sit down with a good friend, Antonio Harvey, before the Pelicans and Trailblazers tipped off at the Moda Center up there in the Rose City. Antonio is the radio analyst for the Portland Trailblazers now, but he is a New Orleanian by birth, and most of his growing up was spent in New Orleans and Southern Mississippi. Harvey went on to play a short time in the NBA and then stayed in Portland for a broadcast career. We've got his thoughts on his time in New Orleans, his ties still back home in the Gulf South, and what is now a wonderful run so far for the Trailblazers here this young season. So let's just start from scratch. How many years now for you here in Portland?
8: Uh, Let's see, I moved here in 1999 as a player. I've been in the broadcast booth now for nine years, so this is my 14th season here in Portland.
1: Well, after all those years, every time I see you, you always say, how's my
8: hometown here? <laughs> you know what? I have an affinity for New Orleans, having spent a lot of my life there. And even when I wasn't in New Orleans, I was an hour away in Mississippi. So it's always been home. It'll always be home. Uh, the, the cooking is great. The, 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 the people are friendly. I just love being there.
1: You know, when when I talk to folks who either are in New Orleans or from New Orleans, they always want to know, where would you go to school? Because I think that identifies <laughs> in what part of town did you grow up in? Kind of.
8: Well, my, my family grew up on the east side, the lower east side, uh, off, of, off of Morrison. Uh, I was going to go to St. Aug, and then we moved to Mississippi when it was time for me to get to high school.
1: You um, you uh, are one of those New Orleanians who can't help themselves, that when I see you come back to town, you leave with a, a larger suitcase than when you came <laughs> to town with. And generally, there's some kind of a food product in there somewhere.
8: Yeah, usually I'll, uh, let's see, the last time I was home, I, I left with about 30 pounds of crawfish, live crawfish. Uh, let's see, I usually take home lots of uh, praline cooking, lots of pecans, just, you know, just whatever I can get my hands on to give give me a semblance of, of home cooking when I get here. You
1: can take the boy out of New Orleans, but you can never <laughs> take the New Orleans out of the boy. And I find that to be the case, boys and girls all over the country. Why do you think that is about New Orleans?
8: It's, it's, uh, it's a melting pot, man. If you look at New Orleans... It's not like other cities because you, you you know you go out here it's it's one type of person in New Orleans you got ten different types of people you have five different types of cuisine you've got French and you've got Spanish and you've got African and you've got you know you've got Russian you've got just about everything and then with it being one of the largest ports in the country for so long you got an even different feel as people came in and out of the city.
1: Tony Harvey does the uh, radio broadcast analysis for the Portland Trailblazers. We know that so there's the tie to the Pelicans. On that front, but you got a tie to the Saints too, don't you?
8: Oh well, first of all, just being a Saints fan, going back, and I, I know Saints fans don't want to remember this, but there was a time when we were the Aints, and I go back that far. Now we're the Saints again, and you know my older brother played for the Saints for a number of years uh, back in the early '90s. So yes, the Saints are, are are in my blood through and through.
1: Your basketball team's off to a great start. What's up with that?
8: You know, I got to start with LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, much like Anthony Davis, a more mature version of Anthony Davis, maybe a little bit more dynamic on the offensive end right now, but very similar on the defensive ends of the court. And, uh, you know, I think it starts with him and his ability to score in the post has opened up things on the perimeter.
1: As good as the West is and as much basketball that still has to be played, do you like where this team is going as far as the long haul goes?
8: I do. I do. I think that this team is poised to make a, a serious push in the playoffs. Now, you know, people talk about championships. Right now, I'm just looking for this team to get out of the first round because it's a step. It's a process. If you make it too far, too fast, you tend to fall. If this team though, with the team we, they put together, if we can get out of the first round of the playoffs this year, add a couple of pieces for next year because we're going to have some flexibility, all of a sudden we're a second round of the playoff team and a third round and
1: then we're building towards the championship as opposed to getting there and now our guys don't know what to do. When teams have health problems, which you've had, the Pelicans have had, when you've had Building a core problem, which both teams have had, sure is hard to be patient, isn't it?
8: It is, it is, but I keep my eye on the prize. And that, when it's all said and done, you know, the other day we had a big loss uh, on the road versus Minnesota, and a lot of people got down on the team all of a sudden. And I said, hey, let's look at this for what it is. We went on a four-game road trip. We won three out of the four. 90% of the time, 99% of the time, that's a heck of a road trip. And that's the way I look at it. So I try not to get impatient. I try to look at growth individually, growth as a team. And as long as I'm seeing that, I'm good. All right. Other
1: than your team's fantastic start, what's caught your eye most here in the first, say, almost two months now of the NBA season?
8: The fact that everybody jumped on the Golden State Warriors bandwagon last year because they were pretty. And... uh The reality is they're not that pretty. They were pretty because they shot a lot of threes, but the reality is they don't play defense. They don't have a low post presence. And until you do one of those two or both of those two things, you can't consistently win, and they're not consistently winning.
1: You're not just saying this because that's a rival of Portland, right? No, I'm saying that because when you think
8: about it, you look at the good teams, they have a low post presence, and they can do something else. But the Golden State Warriors, that's all they do is shoot threes.
1: Are we embarrassed as NBAers as to what's going on in the Eastern Conference right now aside from Indiana and Miami? Who? Where? Yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's another conference yeah, to this right. thing? I just thought
8: that Miami and, and uh, Indiana belonged to the West, and then there was a bunch of bunch of college teams out there. It is utterly ridiculous, but I'm not at all shocked by what's happening in Brooklyn or uh, what's happening in New York. New York is a bunch of selfish guys, and Brooklyn's a bunch of old guys, and old guys in this league don't do so well.
1: Sounds like the world headquarters is in for a hurting <laughs> later on this year.
8: Well, you know, the, yeah, it, it's it's ugly in in, uh, in New York right now.
1: Good to see you, my friend. Oh. Uh, I will tell all the folks back home you said hello. Hey, make them, make them get you some real good cooking for,
8: for uh, Christmas dinner.
1: we Will do, and we'll see you soon enough down
8: in New Orleans. Absolutely, can't wait for it.
1: Antonio Harvey, a New Orleanian, still making a name for himself in the NBA. Well, that'll do it for this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Wish we had better news on the uh, result front there between the Saints and and the Pelicans coming into this Monday. But nonetheless, still exciting football to come this week. And uh, basketball, too, as the Pelicans will wrap up their road trip tonight and finally return home for a basketball game uh, on the 27th against the Denver Nuggets. Our right, thanks to Daniel Salerson for his help on the show today. We'll talk to you next on the radio tonight when the Pelicans do take on the Kings at 9 o'clock Central. Otherwise, the black and blue report is off tomorrow and Christmas Day and will return on Thursday the 26th. That's when we'll really pick up our coverage of the Saints and Buccaneers and focus in on the upcoming homestand for the New Orleans Pelicans. We hope you have a blessed and Merry Christmas and we thank you for all that you've done for us in 2013 by helping make this show a success. The podcast for Pelicans and Saints fans, this is the Black and Blue Report. Merry Christmas and we'll talk to you later in the week. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while.